from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is the WIA National News for Week commencing August 13, 2017. As this news is going to air, we VK radio amateurs are remembering not only those hams who paid the supreme sacrifice during World War II, but all who have and do serve in the defence of this great country. Peter Ellis again this year handled the opening address for the RD contest, where we heard from Brigadier Tim Bayliss AM. The Brigadier is Program Manager for both the US Force Posture Initiatives, the US FPI, and the Australia-Singapore Military Training Initiative, ASMTI. For USFPI, he's responsible for the control and coordination of activities associated with the Australian component of the US rebalance to the Asia-Pacific. For ASMTI, he's responsible for the coordination of activities related to access and joint development of training areas and facilities in Australia, which will enhance Singaporean military training. He served on exchange with the British Army both on operations and in training. His operational experience includes deployments to Bosnia and Afghanistan and short tours to Kenya, Iraq, Cyprus and Lebanon. For his services to Army in the fields of career management and force modernisation, he was made a member of the Order of Australia in 2015. During this, the 2017 opening address for our RD or Remembrance Day contest, the Brigadier paid special mention of our recent loss of three US Marines in the tragic accident during joint training off the VK4 coast. Recently, Exercise Taliban Sabre has been conducted around Shoalwater Bay training area. It is a major Australian and United States military training exercise focused on the planning and conduct of mid-intensity high-end warfighting. This will be the seventh time the exercise has been conducted and has involved over 30,000 Australian and US defence personnel. To our sorrow, the Marines lost an Osprey aircraft while on exercise on Talisman Sabre with the loss of three lives. And our condolences go to the Marine Corps, but also to their family and friends. On this, the weekend we Radio Amateurs of Australia should be honouring those hams who fell and served in World War II and also all theatres of war and conflicts, we take a quick look at how the Wireless Reserve became part of the Royal Australian Air Force. The important role of radio amateurs in the World War II effort has been highlighted by the Royal Australian Air Force when it recorded the formation anniversary of the Wireless Reserve. The RAAF Air Power Development Centre reports the Wireless Reserve was formed in August 1933. As a civilian body, it had been with the RAAF since 1929 through the WIA to serve the Air Board in peace and war by providing equipment, knowledge and training. WIA historian Peter Wolfenden, VK3RV, says World War I fighter pilot H.K. Love, who was also the WIA president, was leading the idea. The RAAF newsletter also reports that by 1935, the Wireless Reserve had 100 members and was granted an official badge. Amateur Radio Magazine, in its January 1939 editorial, said that so highly has the reserve been thought of that it's been duplicated in modified form to suit local conditions in New Zealand, South Africa, England and Canada. The war began in September of that year, 1939. 
A further story on the Wireless Reserve can be read in the Wireless Men and Women at War book produced by the WIA. The Australian Travellers Net. This provides safety for radio amateurs travelling long distances, often in remote areas, or being maritime mobile. The Travellers Net is on air 365 days of the year. Anyone can also send a telephone message to the travellers or inquire about their whereabouts. A team of operators run the Travellers Net on 14.116 with a check-in at 0200 UTC and for 21.185 it's 0400 UTC. Priority is always given to urgent traffic. Sometimes the use of relay stations is necessary for those not heard by a net controller, and each controller was recognised by a WIA President's Commendation at the WIA AGM at Handorf in May this year. The ACMA to look at handling of interference. The Australian Communications and Media Authority has issued a discussion paper on its interference management principles. The investigation of interference complaints to radio communication services is based on consultation with user groups in 2004, but much has changed significantly since then. The ACMA proposes to review its policies and processes to manage and resolve interference issues. Its discussion paper invites responses by September 22. The link is in the text edition of this, the WIA National News Broadcast. It's Christmas time. Yes, Christmas Island VK9 VKL is on the air. This remote Australian territory in the Indian Ocean has a new radio amateur, Cliff Tyndall VK9 VKL, who in just a short time has qualified for the DX Century Club 100 certificate. Running a modern transceiver into a G5RV and also a tuned quarterway vertical on 20 metres, he's been heard on air working DX and QSL cards are on the way. Cliff VK9VKL was restricted at first due to a neighbour's TVI problem, but it was resolved with a new TV antenna and removing their signal booster. A good friend of Q News and VK4 and this the WIA National News is Captain Dan. Captain Dan hails from North Queensland and sent us a story to do with the risk of cyber attacks on ships' navigation systems operated on satellite, which is turning the tide back to the roots of World War II radio technology. Ships use Global Positioning System, the GPS and other similar devices that rely on sending and receiving satellite signals, which many experts say are vulnerable to jamming by hackers. Unlike aircraft, ships lack a backup navigation system. The alternative system uses an Earth-based navigation technology known as Eloran. Developers of Eloran, the descendants of the Loran, the long-range navigation system created during World War II, say it is difficult to jam as the average signal is estimated to be 1.3 million times stronger than a GPS signal. So, to do so, you'd require a powerful transmitter, large antenna, lots of power, and that would be pretty easy to detect, they added. How a suspected heart attack turned into a murder mystery. Around 1991, Brian Underwood, VK5, November Mike Sierra, went silent key under extremely suspicious circumstances. Detectives of the major crime investigation branch said the autopsy results revealed Mr Underwood, 46, had died from a lethal dose of potassium cyanide. The symptoms for ischemic heart disease and this type of poisoning are the same. At the time of the autopsy, they were not looking for a poisoning, they said. He would have been a grandfather to two by now had not circumstance and 26 years intervened. Detectives can now reveal the cases subject to fresh investigations. 
a $200,000 award is available for anybody with information about Mr Underwood, VK5 NMS's murder. Contact Crime Stoppers, 1800-3300. A link to a full story in the advertiser is in our text edition, uh, and it would seem his call has never been re-released. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. This is Peter, VK8ZZ. When I was first licensed as a novice amateur operator in the mid-1970s, I was very active on all my permitted bands. That is, all three of them, 80, 15 and 10 metres. I listened in awe on my equipment to the folk who were permitted to operate on the bands to which I was not allowed at the time. This inspired me to study harder and even learn Morse code in order to advance my licence and enable me to utilise the additional bands. Study did not come easy to me as I did not work in any technical vocation. I was a bank clerk. I started off in CB radio and moved through the entry level as a novice. When I, after three tries at the exam, I did get my higher privileges, I felt rewarded for my hard work and perseverance and of course gave these new bands a hammering. This is not so different from current times. The Foundation licence is meant to be an introduction to the hobby. The original novice operator had limited power and only three HF bands, whereas the Foundation licences now have 80, 40, 15 and 10 metres, as well as 2 and 70 centimetres, and the privileges including IRLP and Echolink. Some are content to stay as foundation licensees and I respect their position. Those who aspire to more modes, frequencies and privileges must make an effort to earn those privileges. They are not a right. Indeed, as an advanced licensee, I have encouraged several CB users or electronic enthusiasts to take the foundation exam and I am pleased to report that all have passed. Some of my foundation mentors have gone on to successfully undertake the standard and advanced exams. One such successful candidate is currently serving a rotation in VK0. I also worked overseas for a short while in P29 and very much enjoyed work, working DX because of the beneficial sunspot cycle at the time. I was well on my way to getting a DXCC. In later years, other matters took my attention away from AR and I went into a period of a hiatus. It, became, it was just a few years ago that a rekindled interest saw me become more active on all HF bands. However, my use of HF has been most disappointing. There is so little activity on HF. Yes, I'm aware that we are not in a good part of the regular sunspot cycle, but this does not explain why there is so little domestic activity on HF. Diane VK40i from Alara hit the nail on the head the other day when she said recently to me that people are just listening and not bothering to call CQ. Early results from the current WIA survey show that this habit is not uncommon, with approximately 50% of respondents so, so far saying they generally are listening or occasionally answer a CQ, but only occasionally put out a call. So the message here is clear. Hop onto your favourite band, or even a new band, and put out a CQ to see who is listening. Maybe you will find an old friend on air, or make a new one. As a great scholar reminds us every week, AR is a contact sport. In closing, I would just like to thank all those new members who are joining the WIA. 
A number of members are also rejoining the WIA, and I'd like particularly like to welcome back Ian VK3ST after a 41-year absence. Welcome home, Ian. The WIA is the only organisation that represents amateurs both domestically and internationally, and the WIA needs members in order to remain strong. There is only strength in numbers. This is Peter Clee, VK8ZZ from the Northern Territory. I thank you for listening. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Upper Spencer Gulf, South Australia, it can be heard on VK5RMN, 146.70 MHz at 0900 Central Time. I'm Alex, VK5ALX. International News, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Oklahoma Radio Hams in FEMA Exercise. The ARRL reports emergency management officials participated in the Federal Emergency Management Agency FEMA Region 6 Exercise Vigilant Guard on amateur radio channels on the 3rd to the 6th of August. Using amateur radio channels, this exercise demonstrated the capability for reaching back to our state and federal partners, said Altus Oklahoma Emergency Management Director Lloyd Colston, Kilo Charlie 5, Foxtrot Mike. This would be important during a regional cataclysmic event such as an ice storm or large earthquake. Colston, who also has National Communication Systems privileges, said the exercise utilised 60 metre channels. ARRL released new ham radio promotional posters. The ARRL has made available for download a series of six posters that promote amateur radio to the general public. These were originally designed by ARRL for the 2017 National Scouting Jamboree and may be used for any outreach effort. Each poster is 11 by 17 inches. The six posters are based around the theme, Ham Radio Is. Those themes are adventure, portable operating of all kinds, discovery, making and building, do-it-yourself, friendship, community and mentoring, out of this world, space communications and satellites, ready, public service, the game, contesting and awards. The Northern California DX Foundation, NCDXF, has announced a contribution of $100,000 to the Three Yankee Zero Zulu Bouvet Island de-expedition planned for January 2018. Bouvet is number two on the club log most wanted DXCC list. The contribution is the largest in the history of the NCDXF. The 3Y0 Zulu de-expedition to Bouvet Island early next year is likely to be one of the most expensive de-expeditions ever attempted estimated at over $740,000. In addition, the 3Y0ZD expedition will require a considerable amount of radial wire for its vertical antennas, which you believe some 24,000 feet. The ghostly radio station that no one claims to run. The BBC report on the mysterious radio station, MDZHB, that transmits on a frequency of 4625 kHz. In the middle of a Russian swampland, not far from the city of St. Petersburg, is a rectangular iron gate. Beyond its rusted bars is a collection of radio towers, abandoned buildings and power lines bordered by a dry stone wall. This sinister location is the focus of a mystery which stretches back to the height of the Cold War. It is thought to be the headquarters of radio station MDZHB that no one has ever claimed to run. 
24 hours a day, seven days a week for the last three and a half decades, it's been broadcasting a dull, monotonous tone. Every few seconds it's joined by a second tone, like some ghostly ship sounding its foghorn. Then the drone continues. Once or twice a week a man or woman will read out some words in Russian, such as dinghy or farming specialist, and that's about it. Anyone, anywhere in the world, can listen in simply by tuning a radio to the frequency 4625 kHz. Weird and wonderful. Some millennials are just discovering TV antennas. The Wall Street Journal reports that millennials have unearthed an amazing hack to get free TV. The antenna. But is it legal? It seems 29% aren't too sure. Dan Sisko has discovered a technology that allows him to access half a dozen major TV channels completely free. I was just kind of surprised that this is technology that exists, says Mr Sisko, 28 years old. It's been awesome. It doesn't log out and it doesn't skip. Let's hear a round of applause for TV antennas, often called rabbit ears, a technology invented roughly seven decades ago, long before there was even a cord to be cut, which has been consigned to the technology trash can along with cassette tapes and VCRs. Almost one-third of Americans... 29% are unaware local TV is available for free, according to a June survey by the National Association of Broadcasters and Industry Trade Group. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au Ham Radio Operational News It's a contact sport I'm Felix VK 4FUQ All major Australian contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website Let's look at August 2017 WIA's flagship contest and Remembrance Day contest this weekend 12th and 13th Next weekend sees the IWLW August 26th Alara contest start time 1600 hours This is a 24-hour contest for YLs August 26th, fifth CW contest, 1000 hours to 11.59 UTC. DATV QSA party, it's here again, so here is Peter VK3 BFG. The 2017 DATV QSO party is scheduled for Friday the 26th of August and Saturday the 27th of August. Friday night will start at around about 8pm Eastern Standard Time and Saturday at about 10am. Friday night will run until we have run out of overs and Saturday should be complete by about 1pm. Interstate stations who are able to participate should contact me by email at pcossens at bigpond.com. We will again use the Skype username of DATVQSOParty. That's DATVQSOParty in lowercase. If you are able to work through a local ATV repeater and then send its received output through to me, that would be the preferred option. Direct personal appearances would also be welcomed. We will again make contact with our friends in Columbus, Ohio with ART, WA8RMC, coordinating stations through the WR8 ATV DATV repeater. Later in the morning and early afternoon through the W6ATN network in Southern California, 
with coordination by Don KE6BXT. Interestingly enough, components of this network are now digital using DVBT. The timing of these contacts will mean that they will occur on Friday evening at about 8pm in the USA. Of course, it's Saturday morning here in Australia. This CUSO party will most likely be the last before VK3RTV is decommissioned at its current site at Alinda, so it would be great to have good participation again this year. The BATC stream will be maintained for interstate liaison purposes. Hope to see you at the CUSO party. 73's I am Peter, VK3BFG. Thanks Peter. Now to the South Pacific where Rolly is active as 5WORR from Samoa. IOTA reference OC097 till the 15th of August. He will operate mainly JT65 and possibly the new FT8 mode. QSL via ZR1BQD. The KRMNPA activity period. All activators in the Keith Rojo Memorial National Park Weekend 2016 should now have received a participation certificate in recognition of their work and for being on air for the hunters. The 2017 activation period will be from Friday, November the 10th to Monday, November the 13th, inclusive. Currently, 11 of the 45 VK3 national parks are registered. This is a great opportunity to be involved and gain those valuable points towards merit plaques. More details can be found in the awards section of this website and at the Yahoo group. Sydney VHF Repeater goes online. From Sydney's Northern Beaches, the Manly Ringa Radio Society is now streaming to the net. Audio of its 2 meter band voice repeater. So if you can't get near a radio and you're far from Sydney, you can still keep tabs on what's happening on 2 meters as Richard VK2SKY explains. Thanks, Felix. VK2RMB can now be heard on the audio streaming service Broadcastify.com using either your web browser or a free mobile app such as Scanner Radio, which is available on the iOS App Store and on Google Play. Once the app or the web page is loaded, simply search for the repeater call sign, Victor Kilo 2 Romeo Mike Bravo, and hit the play button. VK2 RMB is only the third Australian repeater to get streamed to the net, the other two being in Victoria and South Australia. It would be nice to hear a few more. All you need is a Raspberry Pi, a radio, and an internet connection. Also, a reminder that the Society operates a four-band HF web SDR, so you can explore the shortwaves too. Just go to the Manly Warringah Radio Society website at www.mwrs.org.au and click the web SDR link in the main menu. The web SDR project was generously sponsored by Amateur Radio New South Wales. So, no radio, no excuse. Get listening. I'm Richard, VK2SKY, for the Manly Warringah Radio Society. 7-3. And from Richard, I'll sign off this week's look at operational news with a standard reminder that more and all points of contact of items in the WIA news can be read on the WIA.org.au website. Earlier, if you subscribe to the WIA RSS feed. I'm Felix, VK for a few QNM. Across Australia and around the world from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. On Echolink, it can be now heard every Sunday morning at 2200 hours UTC on the WWARG and USA G&G conference servers and then again at 0 hours UTC on the Aussie conference server. All are welcome to connect up and check in. I'm John, VK3HJQ.
Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's worldwide special interest group news, starting with ATV and with the recent popularity of slow-scan television from the ISS, AMSAT Operations is bringing back Experimenters Wednesday to AO85. On a trial basis, users exchange pictures using Robot36 SSTV mode via the FM repeater on AO85 during UTC Wednesdays. Stations are requested to only uplink if they have a reasonable expectation of maintaining a full quieting signal for the duration of the image transmission. Smaller stations are encouraged to focus on receiving these images. Now, Final Frontier Satellite has deployable VHF crossed Yagi antenna. Radio amateurs Sean VA3SHV and Jeff VA3NGJ worked on the design for a deployable VHF crossed Yagi antenna on the recently launched Norsat 2. The very high frequency antenna was designed to unfold from the CubeSat after receiving a command from the Norwegian Space Centre to deploy once in orbit. They say this antenna is a completely new type of deployable antenna. It unfolds to be more than three times as large as the satellite that took it into orbit. And the cameras on board the CubeSat have now confirmed the successful deployment of this same antenna. Now, Aris passes NASA test for new radio system. Nothing simple and easy when it comes to designing new amateur radio hardware for the International Space Station, and it's done by volunteers with donated funding. Amateur radio and the International Space Station International Chair, Frank Bauer, KA3HDO, has announced with pride that the interoperable radio system hardware team has just passed the NASA final detailed design review. The challenges still ahead are procurement, fabrication, testing and certification by the US, European and Russian space agencies. Frank, KA3HDO, says in the end, phenomenal new capabilities including a radio system and multi-voltage power supply will be launched and deployed on the ISS. And now to IOTA, Ashmore Reef de-expedition. All set for a three-man team to activate Ashmore Reef, VK3AR, in the Indian Ocean off Australia's northwest shelf this November. Ashmore Reef, a Commonwealth Marine Reserve, is needed by 97% of IOTA chasers and the fifth most wanted IOTA in the world. Craig Edwards, VK5CE, gave an interesting presentation at the WIA AGM in Handorf on his Islands of the Air DXing from remote locations. He will now be joined on Ashmore Reef by Mike, AB5EB, and Mike, AD5A. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW, a week to go to the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. The 20th Premier Fun Event has about 50 Australian registrations from West Australia to Queensland and south to Tasmania. So far, there are 400 portable activations in 40 countries spread right across the continents. In Australia, they include Cape Inscription, VK6XL, on Durkar Tug Island, and the Southeast Radio Group, VK5SR, at five South Australian lighthouses, Jaffa, Northumberland, Banks, Martin, and Robe. Good luck to all. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Radio Amateur Young Timers and Rob Noakes, VE3PCP, an RAC member, will be operating the VA3RAC station on International Youth Day this Saturday, August 12th, as part of the RAC Canada 150 Award. He will be operating from Station Beach, Ontario, at the Kilcarden Area Youth Advisory Council, the Kayak Beach Bash. 
International Youth Day is commemorated every year on August 12th. The theme of Youth Day this year is Youth Building Peace. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. On the 21st to 23rd of July, Wyson, New South Wales, was involved in the continuing search for missing aircraft VHMDX. This aircraft disappeared over the Barrington Tops with five people on board in August 1981. The search has become the focus of training for multi-agency search and rescue in difficult terrain, and this year there will be three exercises in the area. Stephen VK2BOS told WIA National News that personnel from Bush Search and Rescue New South Wales, the New South Wales SES, Ambulance and Wyson New South Wales teamed up to practice skills, strategy and techniques for searching very challenging terrain. To add to the usual Australian dangers, the Barrington area can add the gimpy gimpy stinging tree, which can cause months of pain apparently, lawyer vine and various terrain features that don't appear on topographical maps. Wyson members set up linked DMR repeaters on commercial frequencies to maintain contact with the search teams along with an amateur radio admin and relay channel and commercial HF as a fallback. Some messages were relayed via HF station listening from Sydney. There was plenty of practice with injury simulations and other imaginative scenarios which should keep them in good stead for the main event in September. And that's all I've got. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. Well, just a moment or two left in this, the WIA National News. We'll take a quick look at the social scene for August, September. Then we're out of here and back to the RD. August 27 in VK2, it's the Sarkfest Show, Tell and Sell Day. September 9 in VK4, it's Sunfest at the Wombai School of Arts. September 9 to 10, it's Alara Meet in Cairns. September 10 in VK3, Shepparton Hamfest, St Augustine's Hall, Or Street. And in VK4, it's the Cardwell Gathering, September 29 to October 2. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.